0: Are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville. the time it was a huge weekend for university of louisville athletic program some big victories we'll start out talking about the number two ranked louisville volleyball team Defeating number four Pittsburgh in a five-set thriller on Sunday. I'm going to explain why that victory was so crucial for the season. And we're going to begin the conversation of how this team might be the best team in program history. We will then transition into football. The Cardinals defeating Boston College 28-14 on Saturday. Snapping a two-game losing skid. As always, we're going to dive into the initial takeaways and reaction. And then we will end it with the Monday mailbag. Uh, Just a heads up. The field hockey team had two big victories over the weekend. We are going to discuss that tomorrow. Field hockey will headline the Tuesday edition of the show. Just a, you know, heads up, just so you don't think, oh, hey, Dalton, you're not giving field hockey any of their props. I definitely am. Definitely want to talk about what Justine salary and the field hockey program is doing right now. So that will headline the Tuesday episode. Before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and recruiting analyst. Also, do some various PA announcing work for the university in various sports. You can follow my personal Twitter at DPence underscore. In the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. The big news, or I guess I should say, one of the big news over the weekend Louisville beating Pittsburgh, number two against number four in a five set thriller, 15 to 13 in that fifth set. We're going to talk about why it's such a critical win. And we're going to start the discussion of talking about how this year's team might be the best team in program history. So, and you know, I I don't like to jump the gun often. So me making this claim, in my opinion, it's a big deal. So starting out, the Cardinals remain undefeated 20-0 on the year, 10-0 in the ACC. A huge victory against Pittsburgh. Um, You know, the team's depth was put on full display here. Claire Chausse, Anna Beer led the way with 17 kills each. Um, Anna Stevenson, also a big force in this one. Amaya Tillman in the middle, counteracting that middle presence that Pittsburgh possesses. Overall, I mean, I think the first thing we have to address is the fact that now Louisville is two games up in the ACC race. There is still a considerable amount of play left in the regular season, but when you talk about how good these teams are, A two-match lead for Louisville. I know that these teams will play each other in late November up in Pittsburgh. So the Panthers have an opportunity to get revenge. But with the given quality of both of these teams respectively, I'm not sure how many these two are going to lose combined to other opponents, not to Louisville nor Pittsburgh. So ultimately, this is a key thing to look at when it comes to ACC play. And I get it. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, the number one or number two seed in the conference doesn't necessarily mean too much, considering that both programs are. Looking for that national title, so winning a regular season conference championship—sure, that might be you know all, all good, and you obviously you strive for that. But more so, what this does, I think, is just continues this upward momentum. There were times in this match where Pittsburgh had all the momentum. You, we look at you know the match as a whole. The Cards dropped the first set, won the next two. Pittsburgh came out with a vengeance in set number four, and then set five. Oh man, was that a thriller! It was a set filled with a bunch of runs Pittsburgh started out hot early on and then Louisville came back Pittsburgh attempted to come back and then ultimately it was Louisville that ended up on top I mean I felt like the team played really well Pittsburgh is just a really good team I mean you can't expect that you're going to sweep every ranked opponent Uh, for the record this is the fifth top 10 victory for the cards on the season I believe it's the sixth ranked overall you'll have to correct me on that if I'm wrong but I think that this just goes to show. If you watch this match, which it seemed like you know a pulse of the fan base, you know a, a good amount of people did. It was a sold-out match for the past couple weeks. Ellen and Federal Credit Union Arena was packed. I wasn't able to make it unfortunately, but I saw pictures. And some videos and it looked like it was an electric atmosphere one that you know quite frankly this program deserves and it it draws some comparisons to that Kentucky match earlier in the season because if you watch that one the cards had to battle the Wildcats in terms of momentum all match long and at the end it was the home team coming out victorious and it just amazes me how good this team is under pressure whether it's on the road against a very tough opponent whether it's at home and they're trading blows and they get the last laugh Well, you know the the in the persistence I mean this team as I've mentioned before when we talked about them on this show is that they're extremely balanced I mean it's crazy how many weapons that the best setter in the ACC Tori Dilfer has at her you know disposal to use I mean you you saw today I mean you had Claire Chausse who had a you know extremely good match in my opinion she is the star of the match if you're giving those out Anna DeBeer, a very solid match. Anna Stevenson in the middle, very good. Amaya Tillman was extremely effective. And then you have, you know, Iko Jones. I mean, there are a a handful of girls, a plethora, that, you know, Tori Dilfer has the luxury of going to on different plays. And I think all of their respective skill sets really, you know, combine to create this unique mesh that is so deadly for this level attack. And not to mention that, you know, the earth is. You know, two thirds covered by water, and the other third is covered by Elena Scott. I mean, the libero you know I, it's crazy because i mentioned that i've announced for her throughout her high school career and she was a setter for mercy so when i when i watched her you know as a defensive specialist slash libero whatever the, uh Danny has her doing you know, see she's been such a good defensive player and uh is a top 10 libero in college volleyball in today's setting as a true freshman and her impact on this team has been something that we cannot understate and you know it you know combined That with the defense at the net, with Iko Jones and um, Amaya Tillman, and the cards really don't have any type of weakness in this overall rotation. And I think that's what's making them such a tough opponent to take down, and why you've seen them go 20 0, 10 0 in the conference is because they don't struggle at any facet of the game. They're an extremely deadly offense that has a bunch of solid hitters, you know, being set up by the best setter in the ACC one of the best in the country and defensively I mean a lot of balls don't touch the ground I mean Elena Scott has been phenomenal defensively um you know moving your know, Alexa Hendricks I mean there there's a handful of players that you, know, you come into the game and it's like they don't even skip a beat and I'm extremely impressed and it begs the question and we need to start having the conversation is this the best team in program history? And when you think of the best team in program history, you probably look back to 2005 when the team went 31-3 in the Big East. Didn't win at all, but uh, had a very successful season. Two of those, I think the losses came to Notre Dame twice and then Florida in the NCAA tournament. Uh, this year, 20-0, 10-0 in the ACC. And like I mentioned after the win against Kentucky, you know, you can't necessarily make a case that this is the best team yet because there's still a lot of, you know, schedule left to be played, but now we're about two thirds of the way through the schedule. Um, the team has shown that they're for real. They're continually mowing down opponents. They haven't gotten beaten yet. I think the conversation needs to at least be introduced. Whether you want to wait till the end of the regular season or the end of the season to make that call, sure. I mean, I definitely respect that. But talent-wise, of all the talent throughout this roster, up you know, top to bottom, and seeing what they're doing and how solid they are it's getting increasingly harder and harder for me to sit here and say okay this is not the best team in program history because what they're doing needs to be you know recognized more because they have only lost seven sets in 20 matches I mean that is absolutely incredible they lost two to Arizona State two to Kentucky one to Wake Forest I believe and then two to Pittsburgh so gonna have to keep an eye out on that they will play the Panthers once more this season they will host the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets again uh, later on this season so definitely keep an eye out on that let's turn Transition into the football aspect of things. The cards snapping a two game losing streak with a 28 14 defeat over Boston College. Um, had some weather issues in the second half, but the cards come out victorious. Let's talk some initial takeaways and reactions. First, let's talk about our friends down at prize picks. If you are a college football fanatic, this is an opportunity that you need to hear about. It is great for daily fantasy. Price picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy and offers more college football props than anyone in the world and even offers all of the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. It offers any props you can think of from yardage to touchdowns even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So basically you pick 2-5 to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. Also, it allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on LeBron James and take the under on Josh Allen in the same exact entry. So go use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and even offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy, Made easy. All right, so we are talking about the 28-14 victory over Boston College for Louisville this week. And as I mentioned, snapping that two-game losing streak. They begin the back half of the schedule with a win, 4-3 and three overall on the year, 2-2 two two in conference play. And there's some good stuff to talk about in this matchup alone. I thought that for those that were looking for some adjustments to be made on both offense and defense, you got them. And you definitely got them on the defensive end. Only 14 points allowed, and you know that was kind of you know the result of two really good drives. Overall, 266 yards. They outgained Boston College by almost 200 yards. The Cards had 438 total offense. They had a 141. Uh, passing 125, rushing That's Boston College, that is. And um, I thought that for the most part, Louisville handled their balance attack very well. And the key thing that I want to focus on, and this is the big part here, and that's third down. You know, one issue with... You know that I had with Louisville, and one of the keys to the game, you know, for this, for this, if you listen to the episode on Saturday right before game time, that was they have to improve on third down, complete the series, and get off the field. The Eagles on Saturday, three out of fourteen attempts on third down. That's key for the Cards, and one thing, if you watched it context wise, Brian Brown and company dialed up a lot more blitzes there was more quarterback pressure and it forced Dennis Grosell to make you know some errant decisions uh, there were 3 turnovers that Boston College had uh, one fumble on the last possession two interceptions one being to Josh Minkin's junior uh, toward the end of the fourth quarter so Overall, I mean, I was—I can't say that I had too many complaints for the defense in this game. I think no, if there was one, you know, number one is just continuing to get better defending the rush. There was a, a couple possessions in that second half, which uh, Pat Garwell the third and Alex Sinkfield kind of got what they got at Will. Um, I know that Boston College is a program and a team that you know usually season in season out has a very good offensive line unit. So, um, that's not necessarily a great measuring stick for defensive improvement when you go against one of the best offensive lines that you will play all season. But ultimately, defensively, it looked very solid. I thought that, you know, when you forced the cards to play man to man coverage, more oftentimes than not, they, you know, roast the occasion and they executed. One. Key play that I remember was the first turnover that Louisville created. It was a, um, a quarterback blitz in which Grasell threw uh, into you know man-to-man coverage, and Trey Franklin jumped the route and intercepted the ball. And ultimately, that's what we were kind of looking for with Louisville and that is to live with your athletes making these plays. I mean, the thing about it is I think what Brian Brown and company realizes is that you can't rush three and drop eight every play. It's easier said than done. When you go up against a guy like Brandon Armstrong rather than uh, Dennis Grossell and Scott Satterfield and the players in the post-game press conference said, you know, we played two totally different quarterbacks. Boston college is an offense that, you know, we haven't seen a lot of. I mean, we played central Florida, uh Virginia, Mississippi, both all three offenses that are high octane passing offenses. So, you know. Boston College being a balanced attack that kind of worked well in the favor of Lowell to work through those kinks and try out some quarterback pressures and you know you know what they had five sacks I mean one less than the uh, season high of six against Florida State so defensively it looked very solid I was impressed with what they were able to do man to man Zay Flowers had some moments of brilliance uh, had a um, big third down conversion early in the game also had one that Dennis Grossell overthrew in which if he would have he's off to the races. It's a house call and Boston college scores on a big passing play, but ultimately um, they held Zay flowers in check, just like they held the, the uh, tight ends. And I guess you could kind of say that the weather became a factor. It started raining in that second half. So neither team's offense was really able to get anything going, but overall for the Louisville offense, nothing truly going for the passing game. It was the run game, which is the big thing to focus on here for the third straight contest Louisville with over 200 yards rushing 331 to be exact which is the most that they've had in the season Blake Cunningham had three touchdowns on the ground led the cards with 133 yards true freshman Travion Cooley 112 on the ground and then Jalen Mitchell with 67 and a touchdown so the Louisville rushing attack was very successful and if you look I don't want to pat my back but like you know, going back to the keys to the game, it's, it's it's not a pat on the back, it's more so just I'm happy that Louisville executed what you know a lot of the fan base thought they should have executed on coming into this game, and they did. I mean, um, you know, getting the ground game going early, which they you know they did. They used a lot of um you know pressure from the defensive ends. This is a team that only averaged, you know, a sack, you know, just over a sack heading into this game. So to be able to not only keep the offensive line play up, because the offensive line continually gets better and better, uh, don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, the offensive line played tremendous again. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure that Boston College got a sack on Saturday but regardless, the Louisville offensive line played really well, and that showed in the running game. Unfortunately, the running game didn't really open up the passing game. thought the Boston College defensive backs did pretty well. Um, not only that, the weather was a factor in that second half. Malik Cunningham overthrowing a couple receivers, had some turnovers that uh, you know, the defenders made some good plays. Malik Cunningham, um, a decision that he definitely wanted back. He came back and said, you know, these were two my fault. Uh, wanted the balls back, but uh, but luckily for his team, he was very effective on the ground. As I was beginning to mention, they tried to bring a lot of the pressure with the defensive ends, so uh, the outside zone was pretty solid for the running backs. Malik Cunningham was able to get up through the line of defense, had a very solid day, um, actually averaged uh, 8.3 yards per rush uh, in that game. Travion Cooley, 8.6, 6.1. They averaged 7 yards per carry, and that is you know incorporating – you know, shy words a uh, one carry for negative 10 yards that um you know looked like he was trying to be a double lateral and he actually you know the play got blown up so uh but that just goes to factor in you know how deadly that this you know 2 to 3 even four-headed rushing attack is when you have Malik Cunningham running the ball really well you know Jalen Mitchell solid and Travion Cooley hey look at him his first game with over a 100 yards Finally, get getting back into you know the the swing of things. You got to remember he didn't have a senior season last year high school due to COVID, so he basically took a year off. And being able to get better and better as the game games go on. And uh, I understand he had the fumble after the big run, but uh, came back and really did some good stuff on that last offensive drive for Louisville that ended with a uh, rushing touchdown from Malik Cunningham that ended up putting the game out of reach for the cards. So overall, I think it was a, a pretty decent performance. You you would ultimately like the offense to have played a little better, but a win is a win is a win. Uh, defensively, it was the best performance that I've seen from them this season. It was a complete performance. It wasn't one of those where Boston College had two good quarters and two bad quarters. I think that, you know, the Louisville defense made life hell for the Eagles all four four quarters. So so I'm happy for what they did on that side of the ball. A good stepping stone with NC State on the horizon. We'll give you a ton of preview for that matchup on Thursday and Friday. Let's go ahead and dive right on into the weekly Monday mailbag segment. Uh, Before we get into that, let's talk to you about our friends down at Built Bar if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're simply missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but frankly, it doesn't taste like one. I mean, you have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Uh, most protein bars, I mean, they're chalky, they're waxy, or sometimes they're just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar, it's soft, it's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, I mean, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar, but check this out. They're low carbs, low calorie, low fat low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being plain delicious. And there's so many flavors. I mean, that's one of the great things about Bilt Bars. There's so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. The list goes on. But this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website out often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use the promo code Locked15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's use the promo code Locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com So we're in the weekly Monday mailbag segment. There's a couple questions that I want to focus on in particular. And uh, I think these are very solid questions. Each week, I feel like we're getting better and better questions. If you have a question, you can always uh, submit them to my DM or the locked on Louisville DM uh, at defense underscore for me at LO underscore Louisville for the podcast page. All right, let's get right into it. The first question of the mailbag is, yes, Louisville won the game, but am I wrong to feel like it wasn't a good win? Well, I get what you're asking. I get, you know, in theory, it may not have been the most convincing win. The Cards only had seven points in the second half. But, you know, there was some weather issues. Uh, Boston College still is a solid opponent. But here's what I'll tell you. A win is a win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get them. You know, at the end of the day, I would rather an ugly win than a pretty loss so you know I'm not a guy who believes in moral victories as well only what shows up in the win and loss column and a W is what shows up I mean you this is why you know there's 12 games because you learn throughout the season I thought you know all things considered, the Louisville defense looked a lot better. The offense kind of stalled a little bit. I mean, they they turned the ball over four times. Anytime you turn the ball over four times, it's going to be hard to get anything going in terms of rhythm or a sustainable drive, etc. So, you know, there's some things that we need to learn from on offense. And, you know, a lot of it's the little things. It's the decision-making. But you can also – you'll flip that on its head and be like, well – one you know positive is the Louisville rushing attack was able to get going and overall the defense was night and day better than it has been all season long so i get it you know you can feel somewhat i wouldn't say sour i mean you you can feel somewhat not satisfied from a win but i caution you to feel that way because you know your know, good teams sometimes barely beat bad teams and I'm just saying that for reference um you know Oklahoma has had you know I think four games that have been decided by seven points or less so you know a win is a win and you take wins wherever you can get them I mean you look at that 2019 season when we went 8 and 5 I mean there were games where we couldn't put it all together and we were on the cusp of losing a handful of games you know Wake Forest Virginia et cetera. so I think you take the win and you you learn from it and you focus on the the next one and I think you will wear yourself out if you you know just focus on the bad things and the mistakes because you're not gonna play a completely perfect game. I mean you're gonna have hiccups. That's the nature of the sport. That's the nature of sports in general. You you take the positives, you acknowledge the negatives, and you, you know, you try to learn from them. That's all you can really do. So I, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I think that, you know, as Louisville fans, we should just be grateful that we gotta win. So the next question is basketball related with news of Gabe Wisnitzer's wrist injury putting him out around three to four weeks at least. What does this mean for the Louisville basketball front court? Honestly, I don't really think it means too much. Um, you know, for, for starters, three to four weeks, I, I think that that kind of puts you right at the uh, probably the start of the season, maybe second, third, fourth game, respectively. So you're not necessarily playing a lot of the season without him. But on top of that, I, I don't necessarily think that Wiz was going to play a huge amount of minutes. I mean, he's not starting because that's Malik Williams at the center position. That's where you, you, you look at Wiz playing. But you also have guys like Roosevelt Wheeler and even Sidney. Curry and if you need to you know at the very end of desperation you can slide Jalen Withers JJ Trainer to the five spot if need be but I don't think it's going to get to that point especially not early in this season um, Yeah, I think that Gabe is going to take a step forward in his progression this year and I mean let's face it I mean you never want to see an injury regardless of who it is and uh, we wish Gabe the quickest but fullest recovery Um, In his quest to get back on the court the good news for the cards if there is any is the fact that it happened early in the season He's not looking to be out long and even if he does miss a couple games You do have more than ample amount of players that you can stick in the front court in his absence So um, I don't necessarily think that it's all that big of a loss so uh, the last question that I want to focus on is back on the football side of things and that is is NC State the hardest game left on the schedule for Louisville? And that's a very good question. We're going to talk more about this as the week goes on and when we transition into the NC State Wolfpack preview. But ultimately, I have two games that are kind of neck and neck in terms of how tough they are at NC State is one of them and then hosting Kentucky at the end of the year. I think that they're both um, going to be similarly to tough games for Louisville Um, Clemson seemingly going in the wrong direction Syracuse and Duke are I think Duke is one of the worst teams in the ACC Syracuse although they're not as bad as they were last year still you know not necessarily at Louisville's level in my opinion so I think that you know you have two games in in consideration you have NC State who is ranked uh, arguably the best team in the conference. I think they're better than Wake Forest. And then you have Kentucky who's 6 and 1. Their only loss coming at number 1 Georgia. So, so I mean it's hard to really, you know, dissect that. Uh, I think with the game being on the road Saturday night in Raleigh that makes me want to say that this is the toughest game left, but knowing Kentucky, knowing that they run the ball extremely well, which Louisville has had trouble stopping, uh, and how good they are in the trenches, um Kentucky's defense is very, very solid. I think Kentucky is the toughest game left on the schedule. But make no mistake about it, if Kentucky is 1, then NC State is 1B. So, you know, the Wolfpack definitely pose some challenges of their own. We'll talk about more of those as the week goes on. Tomorrow on the docket, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about field hockey and what all Justine Sowery's team is doing in 2021. And we're going to continue recapping the football win against Boston College, talking about some different aspects of that. Before we get out here, I want to give a couple quick shout-outs. That's first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, the most recent episode released yesterday, reviewing the Boston College win, talking about some other things going on in Louisville athletics. Go find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, want to make sure that you follow the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Some great stuff going on over there. Get a grasp on how the state of the conference is doing, or just learn about some future opponents definitely go check that out you can follow that on the odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast once again i want to thank you for making locked on Global your first lesson of the day it's free on all streaming services all global, five days a week all the time that's going to wrap up this monday edition of the show everyone have a great day a great start to your week and we'll see you right back here tomorrow